Hello, everyone, and welcome to Petite to Queen's Claim Your Career Crown podcast. I'm your host, Lynn, and today I'm joined by our wonderful guest, Claire Jones. We have a very important discussion in store for you. It's about using seven natural transitions in your day to perform at your best. I want to tell you a little bit about Claire. She is a change guide for growth that compassionately supports conscious visionaries as they navigate transitional spaces in their personal and professional lives while empowering rituals and elevated wellness practices. As a lifelong student of human behavior, Claire combines her certification in wellness coaching, certification in neuro leadership, BA in art history, and decades of trauma-informed therapy practices to help her clients achieve more in less time with less stress. So whether you're going through a divorce, changing careers, moving homes, hitting a milestone birthday, expanding a business, or any of the many transitions we experience every single day, she looks forward to being your trusted Sherpa. So Claire, welcome so much to the show. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Well, this is going to be such a great conversation. And for anyone who's joining us for the very first time, please um, take a moment and subscribe to Claim Your Career Crown wherever you get your podcast, so you don't miss a single episode. And if you love what we're doing, please leave us a five-star review. We would very much appreciate it. So Claire, I am really curious about what inspired you to get started. Oh, man. Well, of course, it's always been a long journey, right? Like <laughs> our lives lead up to this point. <laughs> but uh, I think the beginning start was when I started my first business back in 2014. It was a brick and mortar general store devoted to local goods. And it was basically my crash course in business. You know, I had had a lot of retail experience up until that point. But owning your business is a whole different beast. <laughs> and I basically ran it for two years, but burnt myself out in the process. Like I was working 60 hours a week in a white box surrounded by inventory that I couldn't sell. And I was by myself. I was lonely. I was depressed. I was disconnected and miserable, you know, and that's pretty much where I realized or started to realize that personal development is business development. Like you can't separate the two. They inform each other every step along the way. And so from that experience, I started to do more business development advisory roles in other companies in the area, implementing all of the stuff that I had learned along the way in my own journey. And from there, I launched this current business in 2018 and basically was like, you know, I want to support women entrepreneurs in achieving more but not with that lens of hustle culture that we're so used to applying. Because if personal development is business development, then we need to bring in these multiple facets of support, multiple facets of development in order to achieve what we aim to achieve. And so that's why today I help these conscious visionaries, these impact makers, these go-getters, these dreamers, because we need extra support to go after our dreams without burning ourselves out in the process. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I so concur that personal development, professional development are so interconnected. Um, 
everything, they, they just play off one another and they support and nurture one another. Um, and I'm also fascinated about this, you know, the area that you really focus on in the sense of transitions, because we do, we all have massive transitions and minor uh, transitions, and not only, as you said, every day, but throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear more about how you do this and, um, you know, what that process looks like. Totally. Yeah. Well, I jokingly call myself the transition queen <laughs> because I've pretty much been through almost every transition out there. Um, I moved 18 times in the past 32 years. I've changed jobs 12 times over the course of my career. I've, I'm a child of divorce. I've been through bad breakups myself. I know what it's like to deal with the death of loved ones. Plus, you know, all of the transitions that we experience every day, waking up, going to bed, going to work, you know, going on appointments. And along this personal development journey myself over the past eight or so years, I discovered this tool called the Healthy Mind Platter. And that's a foundational aspect to the neuroleadership frameworks that I bring to the table and the certification that I have in it. And it's basically a framework that is built off of decades of neuroscientific research. And they have identified seven areas of your life to prioritize for optimal brain functioning. Okay. But even more so than that, optimal performance and optimal happiness overall, because they're all interrelated. <laughs> ah, surprise, surprise. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, uh, right. That's incredible. So, I mean, when you were starting your own business, you know, facing all these different transitions, can you share a little bit about maybe what held you back uh, before you, um, you know, I mean, everyone has those moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would just go into hyper-focused mode. That was my coping mechanism that I went to when I was in these times of change, because times of change can be so stressful. They can be destabilizing. They can be such a period of uncertainty that you get lost in the noise often. And my go-to coping mechanism was hyper productivity. <laughs> and so I just shoved more and more productivity in the little time that I had, hoping that it would counteract the amount of stress that I was feeling, which is yeah. opposite of what you're supposed to do. <laughs> And so it's like hyper efficiency. I would start like calculating in my head, like, all right, so if my dinner was going to take three minutes to heat up in the microwave, then I could use those three minutes to unload half of the half of the groceries and then I'll eat and then I'll unload the other half of the groceries and then I'll like accomplish two things in the time of one thing. <laughs> and that just ended up spiraling me more and more and more into burnout mode. Instead of actually helping me achieve what I was looking to achieve and be productive and make progress, it's like those two step forwards, one step back kind of philosophy is like, yes, I was getting those two things done, but I was exhausting myself in the process. So I wasn't really making the progress that I wanted to see. So my intentions did not actually match the outcome of what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to admit, it's hard to just be while you're waiting for the microwave to, to, to do yeah. whatever it's doing. So, yeah. but this is really an intriguing topic about, you know, from your experience and then what you're doing and working with people with their transitions, mm -hmm. what do you find holds uh, people that you work with? 
with back? What are some of the stumbling blocks or the internal objections that they are uh, facing? Well, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think we're really fighting against societal expectations because we have so many ideas of how things should work or how things should go or what we should be doing with our time that we have. And I'm really staunchly (laughs) anti-should. Like, if you're just doing these things because you think you should be doing them, but they're not actually benefiting your life or benefiting the people around you in any way, then why are we doing them? So, like, for example, being the Pinterest perfect mother, that's a big thing that we talk about a lot in 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 the work that I do is, like, One of the permissions that I gave myself over the pandemic was I didn't actually have to unpack my groceries right away. (laughs) I felt as a woman in society that it was part of my value to have everything unpacked and organized and clean all the time when that was actually deterring me from achieving the goals that I had on my plate because I was stressing myself over these more inconsequential shoulds more so than focusing on what actually mattered. So I actually gave myself the permission to just, I mean, they're shelf stable goods. We've all gotten grocery deliveries during the pandemic. And so I just leave them where they are and just grab them when I need them. And so like, that's just a very simple idea or um, example of these things that we think we should be doing all the time, but then we get lost in all of this busy work that doesn't actually move the needle for us. And so what I ultimately offer my clients is presence and permission. Like I'm present for their messy and perfect selves because we're messy and perfect beings living in a messy and perfect world. Like we can't, perfection is impossible. And so I'm present for whatever that is, and I accept whatever that is in a non-judgmental, safe manner. And then I give them permission to do what is best for them. Because sometimes what is best for them is different than all of these shoulds that we're trying to accomplish. So I would rather do best rather, or even better, rather than should. No, I think there's a, something that you said there really triggered in my mind, you know, both per, giving yourself permission um, to, and there's a whole lot of things that you can give yourself permission and empower yourself. You know, you make the cho- that conscious choice. And um, I think that, that that sort of that theory of you were calling it the Pinterest moms, but or keeping up with the Joneses, as they used to say yes, in the neighborhood. Yes, well, I am a Jones, so. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It was perfect. And um, and absolutely perfectionism is overrated and recognizing that that is something that um, I it was really interesting because that's where, you know, you get this crossover. And this was many years ago, but I decided to take quilting classes so I could learn how to do hand quilting. Mm -hmm. And one of the things the first things, you know, that we learned is that there's always going to be a humility square. And the humility square is where you have mistakes Mm -hmm. and that no matter how good you get, you always want to include a humility square because we're human. Mm -hmm. And it was this great way that I could, could talk about for myself with perfectionism and say, well, no, I've got to have, you know, this is my humility square. Mm -hmm. So nobody heard it because it's going 
to be edited out, but I restarted the podcast three times today. That was my humility square. And I can laugh about it and just let it go. Because, you know, when you adopt that kind of mindset, and that's something that was a craft that I was learning, but I picked up this, this piece that has stayed with me for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, and it directly connected in my mind to perfectionism, Mm -hmm. and that ability to recognize, you know, you know, nothing is perfect. You know, think of every snowflake is completely unique. They're not the same, you know? So uh, that's a really brilliant uh, take on this. And I want to also ask you for that additional input about like the transitions. Give us Mm -hmm. an example, the transitions that you go through um, in a single day. Mm -hmm. Well, the biggest one that we've been talking about lately is the, since a lot of us are working from home nowadays, one of the biggest transitions is going from work mind to home mind at the end of the day, especially for entrepreneurs that are working from home. That is one of the most difficult transitions that we grapple with because we're constantly inundated with notifications from our phone. We're constantly inundated with new emails from clients or colleagues or connections. And it is very difficult often, especially with our offices being at home, to disconnect from that working mindset and transition into a relaxing at home mindset or connecting with the family mindset or whatever mindset you want to have on your evenings. Um, That's one of the biggest ones, because it's like, how do you physically, mentally, emotionally disconnect from work so that your brain isn't tiring itself out on the endless hamster wheel that, you know, owning your own business is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and whether you own your own business or you're, you work at a, um, in a, in an office or you're working in an op- a plant or wherever you are, whatever you do, um, mm-hmm. to your point, there is much more, you know, that activity and connectivity um, mm-hmm. that goes on. So mm-hmm. what are some suggestions that you have? What would you suggest for uh, everyone here? So a tip that they could take with them um, mm-hmm. to help in their transition. And this is really perfect from that. Even when you first, if even if you're driving home to get mm-hmm. home from a mm-hmm. job, or if you're moving from your dedicated home office into the other part of the home. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, those seven areas that I mentioned before can help in that way. Um, those seven areas include social needs, which is connecting time and play time. So that's basically connecting with your loved ones. And then play time is exploring, experimenting, having fun. We all know what play is innately, but we rarely schedule time for it into our schedules. And so that can be a very easy way to make that transition. It's like, well, it's five o'clock. It's time for three, 30 minutes of play for me. Um, you could also look at physical needs. So physical time and sleep time. So maybe you go exercise at the end of the day. Maybe you take a nap at the end of the day, you know, whatever that means for you. And then there's also cognitive needs, which is focus time, downtime and time in. So focus time is basically flow state and being so engrossed in an activity that you lose track of time. That's usually best saved for the workday or at some other time. Downtime is doing absolutely nothing. Not watching TV, not reading, not scrolling through your phone, just sitting and letting your mind wander. It's daydreaming. 
And so I actually schedule my daydreaming at the beginning of the day. I do 20 minutes before I start my work day, but you can also do 20 minutes at the end of the work day. It's basically a palate cleanser for your mind. And then time in is meditation. So that's internal self-reflection. So I do my time in during my lunch breaks, but you can also do time in at the end of the day. So it's just kind of having this intentional practice, this intentional ritual, this intentional routine that is a bookmark to the end of your day. And it's the meaning and the intention that you bring to it more so than the activity itself. You're like, this is my end of day activity. And you're telling your brain and you're telling your body, if you incorporate physical moves into it, that you are transitioning from one stage to another. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that idea of cleansing your palate um, Mm -hmm. with daydreaming. Um, Mm -hmm. It's one of the things that it's, it's, I'm still doing something, but I'll do a walk and -hmm. I'll just let my mind wander um, because I'm also breathing in fresh air. um, But it's just like, um, it's a way for me to take a break also during the day and, you know, just sort of let things, you know, once again, sort of, you know, let it go, get in some breathing and some physical movement Mm -hmm. and then just let my mind wander. And, uh, that I, but I am doing something because I'm walking at the same time. I'm, I think that's well, okay. That's what I was just about to say is that you can easily combine these areas. Oh, perfect. Okay. Like you can do physical time and downtime at the same time. You can do connecting time and physical time at the same time. Like okay. I always say, you don't have to add seven more hours to your week to incorporate. <laughs> these like take what you're already doing and just do it more intentionally because any task or activity can turn into a transition routine, really. Um, Like, for example, with daydreaming downtime, it's actually the most creative brain space you can be in, because it causes a process called diffused cognitive processing. And so that means that you're tapping into different areas of your brain instead of just one in particular. And so that causes new connections to be made, new solutions to be created, new ideas to be created. And so that is actually the most fertile, creative mindset that you can be in is daydreaming and letting your mind wander, which is kind of the opposite of what people think it is. But it's very flexible, I think, is the point that I'm trying to make here is you use it based on how you want to use it really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, sometimes solutions and ideas, like you said, um, come to me. I mean, they they come to me all the time when I take that break, I go for a walk (laughs) and, uh, sometimes it can just be to go get the mail and walk around my cul-de-sac and come back, but just that break. Mm -hmm. And then I am consciously breathing, you know, and, doing that and uh, doing some breathing exercises. I, and, I'm, and I am <laughs> go down like and get the mail, but at the time I'm still letting my mind sort of wander. I don't mm-hmm. look at the mail till I get back to the house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, make that transition, but that's brilliant. Um, do you have any specific thing that you'd like to share with our, our listeners about one thing that they could do or start doing today that would really help them um, with the transitions that they face every day and, and their life? Yeah, totally. I mean, first and foremost, it's just about intention. You just have to make a plan and that plan can change. I mean, the plan will always change, but it's the intention that you come into it with. And if you are interested in exploring the seven areas too, I do have a free handout for that where you do your own self-assessment. 
So if you're interested to see how all of your areas compare to one another and what your like full picture looks like, I can definitely send that to you. A lot of people like having that um, holistic lens for their life. Yeah, absolutely. That's brilliant. Uh, Claire, thank you so much for sharing how to use seven natural transitions in your day to perform at your best. Um, I know that our listeners are going to want to know more about you and where they can find you. Mm, yes. Well, Linktree slash Liminal Clarity has all of my links, but you can pretty much find me on all of the major platforms under Liminal Clarity. All right. And we'll be sure to include um the Linktree link and all of Claire's other links right below. So she is one click away and please take her up on uh, that offer to get that holistic assessment. And I want to thank Claire and everyone who joined us today. This has been a really um, wonderful, informative discussion. And for those of you who would like to leave us a comment or have some kind of idea, you can leave it down below in the comment section. We do love hearing from you. And of course, if you'd like to make a suggestion or you have a specific question, you can email us at jointheconversation@petitequeen.com. And to stay current on all of our breakthrough advantages, our insightful advice, and wonderful episodes like the one with Claire here today, you can sign up for our weekly wisdoms newsletter at petitequeen.com and you won't miss a single thing. I want to thank everyone who tuned in and Claire, thank you so much. This has been such a great start for me. It's a start to my day. Thank you. Yes, it's mine as well. So we can now conquer Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>